there. I'm Kimberly Hayes Day Mocha. And I'm Amanda Day. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to season two of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. We are a dynamic duo bringing you insight and knowledge into the ever-evolving world of grants, development, and fundraising. Full disclosure, we're Southern. Mm-hmm. You may hear a y'all. Yep. It happens. This podcast is brought to you by season two sponsor D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Don't let grants stress you out. Their team can help you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, and grant mock review. Visit their website, www.dhleonardconsulting.com to learn more. Also want to give you a heads up that our interview today was conducted over Skype, and the sound quality is not quite as fabulous as it usually is because Skype. Um, but we <laughs> are using the tools that we have, and uh, so we hope you enjoy our interview today. Reviews drive so much of how we find schools, choose doctors, in my case, buy shoes. And a lot of shoes. I've seen her suitcase before. <laughs> Whether it's Amazon, Yelp, Google, or good old word of mouth, we turn to family, friends, colleagues, and sometimes strangers to get the skinny on what's what. So our guest today took the next logical step and applied that searchability to reviews of foundations and other funders through Grant Advisor. As one of the founders of Grant Advisor, a free searchable database that includes anonymous reviews of foundations, Kari Onestead is talking with us about this exciting new development in the grant-seeking world. Welcome, Kari. We are so excited to have you here today. Grant Advisor is something that seems so logical once we stop to think about it, but we didn't think about it at the start of our careers. I, for one, was super focused on following all the grant application guidelines to the letter and not on the fact that sometimes those guidelines, the application, or even the foundation or agency staff themselves may not be providing grant seekers what they really need to succeed. Yes, in prehistoric grant-seeking times, <laughs> I was not about to question authority. I just wanted to get that grant award. But let's just say things have changed for me over the past, oh, 20 years in terms of how I view the relationships between funders and fund seekers. And of course, that includes grants as well. Absolutely. So let's all learn about this thinking behind Grant Advisor and how it works. But first, Kari, everyone has a story about how they got into grants. It's rarely straightforward. So what's yours? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. And I love talking about all things grants. So when you both emailed and uh, with the invitation, I was a big yes. Uh, Yay! So, <laughs> so my story, how I got into grants is perhaps a little bit different than most folks. So um, we often hear about like the accidental grant writer. So somebody who was maybe doing a, a different job for a nonprofit organization and a board member kind of suggests that maybe you guys should look into grants and suddenly you're uh, the organization's sole grant writer. My, my story is actually the complete opposite. Hmm. So I uh, went to seminary to be a Lutheran pastor. So I have a master of divinity. I was all set to kind of pursue ordained ministry. Okay. And at the very last kind of moment, realized for a number of different things, um, you only have so many battles to fight in one life and being a, a woman in the church was not one that I wanted to fight. So I made a huge career shift. And as a part of that, had to take a step back and think, you know, what does the world need right now? 
who's hiring and what profession and kind of how can I bring the skills and the passions that I have uh, into the workforce in a way that would be meaningful. And so I looked at um, who was hiring and saw a grant writer was a position kind of everywhere and started to think okay. more thoughtfully about it and, and realized um, that if I wanted to be kind of executive level leadership someday, I needed to learn program development, I needed to learn budgeting, I needed sure. to learn how to work internally with teams across a number of different um, programs mm -hmm. and initiatives, and saw that those were the exact skills that were required in grant writing and grant seeking. And so I kind of begged and pleaded and wrote a creative resume and ended up getting my first job a couple of years ago as a grant writer. And I've spent the last almost decade cutting my teeth in that profession and, and have loved every minute of it. I think grant writers are just an amazing breed of uh, humans, and I've been honored to um, become a colleague of them. That's awesome. I know you can't see us here in the studio, but Kimberly and I are making like sign language here like, oh, we love her. What a wonderful <laughs> story. This is fantastic. Yeah. Instead of sometimes uh, when we each of us teach grant writing classes, we might get the well, I'm here because my boss told me I had to be here. You know, it's just a different vibe coming off of you. Um, and so that's fantastic. Yes. Right. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I, that's, you know, I think it actually kind of highlights one of the, the goals that we have with the Grant Advisor Project. So we're obviously, um, as a review site of foundations, trying to make sure that grant seekers have the information, the real information that they need to succeed in either um, securing the grant funding that they uh, that their organizations need, or sometimes the information that you need is hearing this isn't worth your time to apply. You know, <laughs> as all nonprofits, we have finite resources, both our time and our money, and so we want to make the best use of that. And um, so the information of knowing nope that one's not your, worth your time can be just as valuable. No, so that's true. That's 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 a core kind of the core mission, but then a, a complementary one is really to encourage the public's awareness and understanding of what grant writers and grant seekers do for the nonprofit uh, sector. And so we're, make, we're making happy hand gestures, <laughs> kind of like jazz, jazz hands. hands. Yes, jazz hands. Yes. I'm making them back at you. <laughs> I knew Skype could be so physical. I know, right? So it sounds like the concept of grant advisor came about in a, in a a way that was as carefully considered as what you described as your career path into grants itself. Can you give us a little bit of background on how um, there's a, a, a small group of folks who came together and sort of got this started? Because it's no small thing to get started, I would imagine. Yeah, you're right. And I, you know, I just have to pinch myself that I get to be a part of this project. Uh, I wasn't a part of the original founding team, uh, but came on board right when we were going live with the project and have um, been with it for the past um, kind of three years. So uh, the original concept, you know, we, the Grand Advisor team wasn't the first one to have the idea. Um, certainly folks have been pioneering this space for two decades. You think about like the Center for Effective Philanthropy. Okay. I, Mm -hmm. I know Inside Philanthropy tried a similar project a couple of years ago, um, creating an opportunity for folks to write reviews of foundations that were on their website. And so we're certainly kind of building on the work uh, that others have 
um, pioneered in the field. So three executive directors came together a couple of years ago uh, and had this idea, you know, recognizing that uh, anonymous review sites were really transforming a couple of different industries, mainly starting with the hotel industry and and thought, we should do this for philanthropy too. This should exist here. Uh, so they came together and they assembled this national advising panel of just nonprofit sector rock stars. So they were really intentional to recruit thought leaders who represented kind of all different facets of grant seeking and grant making and come together to thoughtfully design this. So um, it was initially launched as an initiative of uh, the Minnesota Council of Nonprofits, which is a nonprofit state association, mm-hmm. uh, the California Association of Nonprofits. And then another California-based nonprofit organization called Great Nonprofits. So that's a review site of nonprofits. So the three of those groups came together uh, and were able to build the site that you see here today. Uh, And we launched it about two years ago, really focused on Minnesota and California, knowing that that's where um, two of the three founding organizations had Mm -hmm. existing kind of deep networks for, for nonprofit organizations. And we just celebrated our two-year birthday. Yay! So, so our project is now a toddler. We like to go. <laughs> Does it say no a lot? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have a three-year-old at home, so I'm like all too aware of uh, <laughs> the challenges of Toddlers. working with things that are in those first few years. But so focused in the first two years on just two states uh, in largely marketing and communications and kind of base building. But in spite of just focusing in two states, uh, in that time, we've received almost 2,000 reviews on foundations in 48 of the 50 states. Wow. So we've been just kind of blown away at the response. Uh, and now thinking creatively as a t- small but mighty team, how do we build on this energy and this momentum and this obvious recognition that this this concept and this project is much needed in the sector and do what we can uh, to to make it what it can be. Very good. Well, okay, so we got the, the concept down that it's a, a review. And of- we're also super impressed that 2,000 reviews already and almost all 50 states, that's amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do we not to call out the states that aren't on there, but do we need to do some encouraging? Oh gosh, is of it those Georgia? Is it Georgia? Tell us, <laughs> just tell us. We'll handle it today. <laughs> we will. We will be there. <laughs> Georgia, no. Georgia has received some reviews. Uh, yes. Yeah, but we can always use more. So. Absolutely. Okay. You hear that, y'all? Everybody, get out there, get out there review. review. We're gonna okay, we're so, gonna show you how. Which leads us into our next question. So exactly, you know, how does it work? You know, so for someone who's never heard of this, they 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 have a foundation they want to review. How does that kind of? How do they get in there and do that? Yeah, and you know, the 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 concept and how it works is is fairly simple. So you would go to grantadvisor.org, and it's advisor with an O, uh, and then you have kind of two options. You can register as a reviewer. And that would be in the upper right-hand corner. And what that allows you to do is create an account with us so that if you ever wanted to go back to reviews that you've written in the past or um, maybe update a review you've written or, or just refer to the foundations that you've reviewed, you could have access um, to, to kind of your past account. Everything that we collect on you remains absolutely anonymous. We never share your information in any way, and there's no way that you would ever be identified. So you're given kind of an anonymous random name. 
So it'd be like reviewer 827 or something like that. (laughs) So you could register in that way. And then there's a search bar on that main page where you simply type in the name of the foundation that you want to review. uh, And it will bring you to a survey for that foundation. And then you're guided through a number of questions that take anywhere from five to 10 minutes to write a review, depending on how much you want to say about them. Once you click submit, uh, we get a notification on our end and there's a 48 hour kind of holding period before your review goes live. That allows us to do a careful read of the review just to make sure the community guidelines weren't violated and we largely look for the mention of first names. We really encourage folks to um, make their commentary about the institution of the the grant making foundation and, and kind of keep individual people out of it. Uh, and then after 48 hours, uh, your review goes live. If the foundation has appointed a key contact, um, they will receive notification that a review has been written about them. And then they have an opportunity to also write a response. So it's oh, this kind of dynamic. Back. Yeah. And we've seen a number of foundations um, kind of engage with the site in that way. We have about 220 different foundations who have appointed a key contact and have um written responses kind of over the last two years. That's wonderful. That yes. We were wondering about that when we were sort of like, hey, what are the things that we want to highlight? And it, one of them is the response from grant writers, which, or uh, and other uh, grant seekers, whether it's executive directors, whoever's looking for the grants, it sounds like the response has been really powerful and strong. In three years, you're up to 2,000 reviews, two years up to 2,000 reviews. Um, any other feedback from grant writers in terms of how useful they find the sites or, or anything like that? Yeah, you know, the first response when we hear when folks are just learning about the site is finally, right? So often right. we work in these silos where we're carrying big responsibility and big performance goals for nonprofit organizations advancing incredible work in communities. And so we can feel like personally and professionally responsible for that success. And that's a big load to carry. And so when things go right or when things go wrong or things go we don't even know somewhere in between right and wrong, to be able to have a place where you can either share your experiences or um, recognize that other folks have had the same experiences too. You're not alone. Um, there's a, there's a sense of relief and joy. So this word finally, uh, a couple um, when we first launched about a year ago, we did a survey of registered reviewers, and we're really curious to ask. So if you have written a review on the site, why? Why did you do so? And we were really surprised to see the top three reasons. So the top or the the second and third were kind of expected, but the first one was to help my colleagues. So, so often in a- I love um, grant writers. Right? I I just made goo-goo eyes at Amanda and made a little heart shape with my fingers because that's just so lovely. Please continue. I know, it's just great. Well, and so often it can can feel like we're in um, this competitive zero-sum environment, right? Where we're competing with other nonprofits for finite grant dollars. And so why would I ever wanna tell anyone anything to help them in their work? But what we've seen from grant writers in particular is this this camaraderie, this drive, mm-hmm. uh, this recognition that, to quote Minnesota's late Senator Paul Wellstone, we all do better when we all do better. Oh. Uh, so 
that just that emerged from the to the top almost immediately when we when we asked folks why are you writing reviews why are you using this site and then the second most kind of cited reason was to help celebrate uh, a practice that's gone well or is working so wanting to kind of lift up exemplars in the fields of grant making and say hey foundation we we see you we see what you're trying to do and we really appreciate that you've designed the system thoughtfully in a way that uh, is really meeting the goals that you want to achieve in your community. And then the third reason was to kind of call out things that weren't working as well. I'm sort of in that call out territory right now after some interesting deadlines over the past month. So, but it's nice to start with the positive things too, holding yeah. up at foundations as examples. And perhaps the other foundations might go, oh, what a good idea. Maybe I should be user friendly and responsive. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although if you really think about most times that people, you know, if I'm going to write, write a review of something, if I'm going to stop and take the time to do it, it's because I absolutely have loved a product or experience or I've had the worst <laughs> experience or True a product that. delivered. So that it does, I can see those two sides to the coin happening. Probably not a lot of humdrum reviews. Just yeah, not, not a lot of, they're fine. It's okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. I'm going to go take a nap now. I'm, I, yeah, they're, yeah. they're. Yeah, probably. I'm imagining the reviews go from one extreme to the other, like Amanda just said. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, I love what you said about the beginning about grant writers helping other grant writers, because I think ultimately, mm -hmm. even though, yes, sometimes you're right, we are kind of competing, but we also a lot of us are the only grant writers where we work, True. which can be really lonely. And so I have found that most of the grant professionals I've met in my life are willing to share information and help you out because it's kind of like, oh, I'm not alone. And if you're good at this and I can be good at this. So I, I really think that is kind of a, a nice theme throughout True. this profession is that most of us are really willing to help out other folks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. And I think that's even carried through um, to the foundations. I think there's this recognition that we really need each other, even though there is a power differential between, you know, those who have money and those who are requesting it. At the end of the day, foundations need nonprofit organizations to carry out the work uh, to advance the missions that they're trying to achieve. And so uh, this, this, I want to help my colleagues. I think colleagues not only applies to the grant professionals, but also our grant making colleagues. And so um, of the 2000 reviews that have been written on the site, we've seen on average, 75% uh, of the reviews have been positive, have kind of rated their overall relationships and experiences with, with the grant-making foundations as positive. That is not the result I was expecting to hear. Mm -hmm. I think that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm curious what the response from foundations have been, particularly when you guys first got this up and running versus now where they're seeing they are getting a lot of positive feedback. I'm, you know, has it been the same? Did there have their thoughts changed over the years as they see the good it's doing? Yeah. So I think the reaction has varied um, as one would expect. So if you imagine a spectrum of at one end, you have the early adopters, the folks who recognize immediately that this is the next thing. This has the potential to transform uh, an entire sector and, and patterns and policies and practices around grant seeking. All the way to maybe the change resistors who it's, you know, change is going to have to be applied to them and they're going to fight it tooth and nail to the end. Right. Uh, so 
there's a distribution of folks along that spectrum. And I think regardless of the project or the initiative, that it's in, human nature is so fascinating, right? That like the distribution of people like mathematically tends to be the same, I think, which is just fascinating, yep. a statement on who we are as, as creatures. But so on the early adopter spectrum, about 20 to 30% of folks when they first hear about it are super excited. They're like, sign me up. How can we get our grantees filling out these surveys? We want to know how we're really doing. Uh, and we want to share it. We want that information to be public. Um, you've got a whole bunch of folks who are in the middle. And then you've got about 20 to 30% on the change resistant end. Uh, so, yes. so the folks who have been either in the middle or on the change resistant end, you know, they've, I think for the first two years have taken a, we'll wait and see approach. Mm-hmm. Because this idea had been piloted by a couple of different groups at different times um, and hadn't really stuck, I think they were waiting to see if this time it would. And now that they're seeing that it is, I think you're see- we're seeing more folks move to, I guess that's maybe not early adoption anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> adoption. So adoption. You, yeah. yeah. So you start to see the like the numbers around um, 220 foundations are are taking the step of appointing a key contact, de- designating a staff member as the person who's going to be monitoring reviews, responding to them as as necessary. Uh, one great example is the Rock Island Community Foundation. So they must have put out a call for reviews because they've gotten six in the last week, uh, and it's really nice. cool to see. Yeah. So they. They right now have a score of 100% achieving their philanthropic mission. Uh, and as a community foundation, they say their their mission is simple. We're local people coming together to support one another. And okay. it's really and it's really cool to see uh, that that's, you know, with 100% positive ranking, like the grant seeking community saying, yeah, you know what, you are achieving that. Um, uh, one reviewer wrote, you know, every community foundation has a best practice that they're known for. And the Rock Island Community Foundation has this best award meeting of local community foundations. They bring awardees together for a celebration. They allow photos, networking. You can meet the board. So you feel you really feel like you know the people better and know the people's in quotes. And so I think that really demonstrates the potential of the site, um, mm-hmm. specifically for grant making foundations. If you, you have this belief, you maybe invest time and energy in different approaches, in this case, putting on an event for awardees. And you may not know, is this actually landing in the community well? Is this achieving what we're hoping it will? This gives you a chance to get that honest feedback from grantees and then sometimes have a really great story to share with your board of directors. Say, look, it's working. Wow, that is a really powerful tool. I I think it's sort of turning my assumptions Mm -hmm. on on their little assumptiony little heads and that's not a bad thing that's not a bad thing at all could you just give us uh, an estimate on the kinds of foundations the numbers and kinds of foundations that are sort of stepping up is it mainly smaller larger community foundations family foundations corporate Do, any idea about how that breaks down just in a general sense mm. Yeah, I think it would be about half and half in mm-hmm. terms of half would be the 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 bigger private or independent family or foundations who are more established in the community. They're maybe known for being change makers or innovators. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other half would be 
like we're seeing with the Rock Island Community Foundation, smaller, more nimble, maybe even more kind of grassrootsy, directly involved in the community. Maybe they aren't as big, so they don't have as many public stakeholders in the same mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. as more established kind of bigger foundations. And so I, it's been a nice blend so far, I think, of um, yeah, the, the, some of the bigger, more established foundations who have that reputation for being right. more innovative or change making, and mm -hmm. then uh, a bunch of smaller, kind of more community specific groups. Okay, sounds good. Um, I was curious. I know when Grant Advisor just got up and running, you guys would wait to post reviews until each. Um, foundation had at least five reviews before you'd make that live. But I have heard that it's changed now that, that there's not that five review minimum um, before things go public. So this, am I, am I hearing right? <laughs> you are right. We okay. did a, we did a big thing about two or three months ago. Um, we got some feedback from users saying, you know, no other review industry does this kind of puts this five review threshold. Uh, and if, if the mission is really to get information out to grant seekers and, and grant makers about what is and isn't working in this profession, um, why are you sitting on that information? Uh, and then the, the other kind of point that was made is, you know, if a, if a foundation is kind of concerned that one loud voice or four loud voices may skew the public narrative on, on them, they can ask for more reviews. So it kind of created that, yeah. incentive, right? Uh, for for more review generation. So we removed the five review threshold and, and went public and we have heard um, nothing but positive feedback ever since. That's great. Well, is there anything we didn't cover today that you would want the world to know about Grant Advisor and all the great work it's doing? Yeah, I would encourage folks to check it out, um, write reviews as you feel so inclined, and also reference it as you're building your grant-seeking work plan. Because it's a tool, an information tool that's really um, dependent on its users to generate the content, and be it'll be as useful as you make it. Um, other thing I want to put just a quick plug in for is a couple of months ago, we uh, created an advanced sort and filter function that I think is one of our unfortunately best kept secrets. Uh, so if you do a search of a foundation by state or any name and it brings you to a results page, there's a different, there's an additional layer of searching and filtering that you can do to um, change the results. So you can look at most recently reviewed, you can look at folks who are getting the highest rating, uh, you can search by folks who have gotten different descriptors like like site visits or doesn't get nonprofit issues. Oh. And so it's it's super interesting um, to even just see kind of who's ranking high and low in your state uh, and what, what folks are saying in that kind of shorter way. And as uh, data geeks around need statements and other components of grant writing, that just additional sort features, I think makes us both happy. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, Kimberly and I are so excited to help spread the word about the way grant seekers can discover more information about foundations because real world information that they can use is always going to be a benefit. I concur. And I've been a lurker so far on Grant Advisor 
org. But I'm committed now to speaking the truth, the good, the bad, and the ugly about grant writing and fund seeking in general. And Grant Advisor is a great place to start. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Kari. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. We enjoyed it as well. Remember, y'all, there is no specific college degree in grant writing or fundraising, but there are a lot of good people with experience to share, training programs, and other ways to learn. We would love for this podcast to be one of your favorite ways to learn. Thank you again to our Season 2 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website, www.dhleonardconsulting.com, to learn more. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes this season, including our next one, where we talk about the wonderful world of procurement. Mm, that sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, boring, um, but guess what? <laughs> if you do this the wrong way, you could go to jail. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, why don't you? <laughs> Bye now. Bye. Bye.